BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Boy, oh boy, this is a big show. Welcome back to another fine episode of the Knife Talk Podcast. You got the three amigos here. I'm Mareko Malmasi. I'm here with squadcaster number one, <laughs> Jeff Fader, and, and the captain of the ship, Craig Lockwood. Uh, we're here to answer questions, talk knives, tough scenarios, answer questions. We're here for you guys. We're here to give each other a hard time and have some fun. How you guys been? It's been a while since we've all been together. It has, yeah. Three of us in a room together. It's been a long time, yes. Yeah. It's been like a month, right? Yeah. At least. At least. Yeah. Yeah. So Well it's your ball home you're back, Morocco. You're back from uh, back. A, a great trip from Alaska. How you been? I've been good. And I it's it'll be a while before I go out on another trip, so just so people know. <laughs> I, mm. I won't be abandoning the ship anytime soon again. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just got back from Alaska. Uh, I went up there to go work with the owner of Anchorage Brewing Company. Um, really incredible beer. One of the most talented uh, beer makers I've ever met. And that's not, I mean, coming from me, that's not saying a lot because I haven't met a lot of brewers. But <laughs> they do have one of the top-rated beers in the world currently. Um, and it is just really incredible getting to have that experience. And, you know, I got off the airplane and the first thing we did was we jumped in the truck and we drove to a marina and then we got out on a boat and we went for several miles and picked up some, uh, potted or not potted, but, um, shrimp pots, some spotted shrimp pots. And we oh, pulled cool. up, uh, several pounds of shrimp. And then we even ate some raw right out of the bay right there, uh, in the, I think it was Prince William Sound, I believe you called it, or Prince William Bay. Anyways, um, yeah, it was incredible. There was this very strong start. And then we cooked them when we got back to his place uh, that evening. Uh, and and then from there, it was just working uh, together to uh, brew beer, uh, blend beers, and, um, and make dives. Nice. Did you have an idea of what the beer was going to be before you got there? Yeah, we had talked about... Um, because, yeah, we had been talking about doing this collaboration collaboration actually even before the Sacramento show. Uh, and uh, Anchor, Gabe of Anchorage Brewing 
uh, company. They they made the Forged Table beer, which was a phenomenal beer. Jeff, you got to try some of that. I uh, still have some. Strong as hell. Yes, it is a man. People at that Sacramento show, I think people underestimated that beer because it's like three deep, and they were just like fucking starting get starting to get sloppy. People were getting sloppy at the Sacramento show. It was kind of funny. It was so drinkable and so delicious. Yes. I had two one night, and then the next morning, I thought I got I had gotten hit by a truck. <laughs> I mean, I had... I literally was just like, oh, Jesus Christ. So I have... I still have some. They're delicious, but at the same time, I know, you know, I got to not, not have so much. Right. It's delicious, though. Well, and you've been off the wagon, though, right? Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm a fucking dude. I mean, it's not like I'm not like you know. <laughs> We're not questioning your masculinity, Jeff. No, Jeez. yeah, right. Don't fuck just because I did a fucking Lizzo Peloton ride this morning. Don't doesn't mean anything. I mean, I I can drink beer for Christ's well, sake. You can drink but... Apero spritzes and <laughs> baby baby shams. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, maybe no, a kombucha was, here and there. Well, who's who's talking? Who's saying he's questioning my masculinity? No problem. Yeah, Go so, ahead. So, so, so you so, you'd already figured it out. Yeah, we'd been talking about like what are my preferences? What are the style of beers I like the most? Um, and then he, you know, he's the mastermind behind uh, the recipes at the brewery, and you know, he, they have a really successful brewery. Like I said, they have one of the top rated beers in the world. They consistently do over the years, and um, yeah, it, and so this first beer. So I, I'm doing, I'm launching a couple of beers with them. Um, the first beer is a triple oaked, uh, uh, was it imperial stout blend, and um, so it's a blending of uh, a, a couple different beers uh, aged in different barrels. I think some of the barrels, I don't remember all the information. I'm sorry, I'm a terrible salesman, uh, but some of them, some of the beer was aged in Buffalo Trace. Uh, barrels, um, which I'm hopefully going to be getting a few of, so that I can use the hand of uh, the the material for something. Um, but and then, uh, yeah, and then uh, we finished it uh, with on toasted coconut and uh, and some coffee that's local to my uh, to to where I'm at. Actually, the one of the one of the coffee shops. It's a local roastery, but the, one of the coffee shops they have is just around the corner from my house. And um, yeah. It, kind of going through the process and tasting the beer as it developed and, and as it, you know, had all these different new flavors introduced and stuff was really cool. It was awesome and super delicious. And the beer, it tasted amazing before they even went through the bottling and mm. carbonating process and the pasteurizing process. And uh, Gabe told me that the beers are, the beer's only going to get better. And he oh, yeah. is pumped on the beer um which is saying a lot i think because he is he's very very well versed in quality beers and uh, mm. i don't think so it's just blown smoke he he's a very genuine guy and i think he'd be like "Ooh, i think we missed it on this one if it wasn't mm. good uh but yeah so i'm excited so, to try it so it's an imperial stout so how strong is this one it's gonna That's be gonna strong. Sixteen percent, I believe. Fuck. Oh my god! Jesus Christ! That's like wine. I, yeah, I know. 16%? It's like barley wine. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a kick in the face. Oh man, it's great. I'm so oh pumped. Oh my it's god! So, well, and what's people it's, are gonna get it's fucked gonna, up? And there's coffee in it up. too, so you, you'll be up all night. <laughs> oh, oh <my laughs> You're gonna be jazzed and wasted. No, I'm just joking. I had no. I had. And when you said how much is gonna be, I'm thinking I'm right, gonna be seven percent, eight percent. 16 percent yeah, these imp- like, imperial stouts are strong oh strong God. stuff yeah. Yeah. well and the fortune table beer that was seven percent 
I know, but this is like twice plus a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. you, you know? Holy mackerel. Yeah, Coma gonna juice. Be, it's going to be oh, – well, and it's going to be dangerous too in, in the way that it's just so – again, it's going to be so drinkable. And, and uh, oh the, uh, the alcohol flavor like that – that kind of you can sometimes taste the alcohol in beers. It's going to be so mellow and go down so easy. So people, please be safe. Oh but Jesus Christ! Yeah, preparing yeah. everybody. Get ready. You're going to be fucked up, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, You're going to so, look like the fucking Mareko. That's what Mareko looked like after he had the, a couple <laughs> bottles of that. Shit. Fucking the label turned into the, the undead. Two yeah. bottles of this, and this is you're going to look like this. Yeah, you might feel like that the next day, but. Oh. Um, well, I know that Craig has an album coming out, and so hopefully people will jump on the beer wagon too. Um, <laughs> and then they, they can order, they can order it online then once they've had a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so the, I think one of the best ways for anybody to get it anywhere, at least in the United States, is uh, using an app called uh, Tavor, which is like the word Savor, but it starts with a T. Uh, I guess it's not actually even spelled the same way. It's T A V O U R. It's an app that is a beer and wine merchant. Uh, and um and that's probably the best way otherwise like you got to get it straight from the brewery mm. uh in person uh because they don't ship and so those are those are your options right there i think there's gonna usually there'll probably be some third uh or a secondary and third market uh stuff but you know some people get crazy about anchorage's beers like I, i've heard stories of the beer selling for like 20 like bottles special bottles of their barley wine like limited runs they do selling for like twenty five hundred dollars amazing well i mean you know the with the price of gasoline if you get a couple <laughs> no, bottles no. of momasi you know it's not, you don't you're not gonna need as much gasoline in your car right? truck. Some of that in. yeah Holy well, shit. It's, it's like it's like fine wine honestly like if, if, if i mean he's been working on the the beers that uh are being blended in this <clears throat> in this beer uh they've been hanging out doing their aging thing for several years now mm. so Yes. very exciting yeah. i like i love imperial stout it's still it's awesome but it's you know once again you gotta take it easy enjoy it oh, instead yeah. of oh yeah you know. and it's a great sipper like yeah you just sip on oh. sip on one for it's, it take yeah. take your time five minutes take your five time. minutes no no no, no on it. come on man you might so how- my move oh sorry i was just gonna say my move real quick is uh i use i like to start with a good ipa and then follow that with a with an imperial start stout or a brown ale or something like that because the the ipa will kind of cut back some of the bitter uh taste buds that you uh that if you were to start with the ip or sorry with the imperial stout or the brown ale um you you would get more of the bitter bitter notes so by cutting back on that um you you get to taste more of that coconut and that coffee flavor that might normally be hidden by some of the bitter bitter notes Nice. I don't think most of our our listeners are, are care to care about the flavor. You don't do like sixteen percent. Are we going to chug give, that? Yeah, I don't get. I don't get. No, I give our listeners very little credit in regards. Oh, let me hear about the tasting notes. Well, sixteen percent. Where's my credit card? Oh no, my god. No, I mean, if that's the case, why wouldn't they just be going to the liquor store and getting bottom shelf? That's like whiskey that's, and vodka. And I think the, I think some of our guys are bottom shelf. <laughs> the bottom oh shelfers. God. There's a title for this. Just kidding. Uh, just kidding. Bottom Clearly shelfers. Let me just make a note. Bottom shelfers of the title. Okay. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. And P.S. The 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 label is 
dynamite. Yeah. The, the label is dynamite. Yeah. I owe a massive thanks to, uh, Dane Neal's, um, kind of videography and photo, photo guy. Uh, he goes by Toy Monkey on Instagram and, uh, he snapped a great photo of me forging at the Sacramento show. Which I'm very thankful for because I have very few actual photos of me forging, and then uh, and then Gabe was asking, you know, you got any good forging pictures of you? And so I sent him some of those pictures from the Sacramento show, and then uh, the artist Massive Face, uh, you can who is also on Instagram, um, transformed that into kind of like the yeah the undead forging Marco, and uh, it came out. I think it came out great. I thought it looked super cool. I want and, a I want a giant poster of it is what I want. Mm. Is each bottle dipped in wax sealed? Is that what that was on the top? Yes, yes, very indeed. nice, very nice. Classy. Mm. So, how is Alaska this time of year? Is it is it's it gorgeous? Is snow, it was hot. Is snow on the ground, or uh, it depends on what elevation you're at. Um, but there's definitely snow on the mountains all over the place. You can, mm. I mean, you could very easily see. Actually, there was snow on the ground as we were driving out to the marina. Um, yeah, there's, they got tons of glaciers and stuff throughout the area, and there is some snow still in some spots, and um, there are even a couple little uh, icebergs, like little oh, little wow. things, but you know, technically an iceberg, a chunk of ice floating around because that broke off a um, one of one of the uh, giant ice things. What the fuck? I just said the word. What is that called? <laughs> A glacier. Glacier, yeah. Jerry. Jesus Christ. Okay. It's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> so so Gabe wants to, Gabe is a bladesmith, right? Gabe, the owner of Anchorage Brewing, is a bladesmith or a blacksmith. He seems like he has a nice shop. Yeah, he has got a great shop. Uh he just got into uh knife making about eight months ago is when he started his journey. And that's when he first met Neil Kamimura. Um so Gabe's sister Heather um used to work with Neil's wife Flora. Uh, together over in Hawaii. And so they knew each other. So Gabe and his wife and, and his sister was over there celebrating her birthday and they were all hanging out and they went up to Neil and Flora's and that's how they met Neil and, and Gabe got introduced uh, into the knife making world. But Gabe, outside of the brewing before he brewed, he, he's done all kinds of carpentry and metal fabrication and concrete work. He's a, he's a hardworking dude and, um, very talented and a, and a talented musician as well. And so he's just kind of, he's a, he's a very skilled guy and he loves to work with his hands. He's very good at working with his hands. And so he started getting into this and even some of the first knives i've seen uh from him like the first 10 or so knives dozen knives are pretty pretty talently a talent i don't know they, they forge he did a great job forging i'm sorry it's it's like five o'clock in the morning and <laughs> i'm i'm not doing a good job thinking of words but anyways he's done an excellent job picking up the craft and kind of transitioning some of that skill um that he has from past work into his ability to forge knives and he's you know he's hitting the ground running forging integral knives and he's got a great setup so i went up there to work with him to kind of like um yeah just to kind of help fine-tune some of the processes and kind of just show my process and he can take whatever you know i share with him he can take it or leave it you know that's obviously up to him um but we had a really great time and um and he yeah he's he's going to be definitely uh a force to reckon with in the in the coming years Cool. Sounds like a great trip. Sounds like, yeah, a lot of fun, fun. a lot of work. So it all sounds good. Yeah. 
Craig, I have a question for you. Do it. Happy Bastille Day. How was the Bastille Day event? Oh, yeah. It was hot. So we played a gig in the, the, the nearest sort of town here. Um, it was, we went on at 8 p.m. And in American money, it was 94 degrees when we went on. Ugh. And on top of that, we were playing in a metal box. So they had old, oh basically the stage was set up in an old, like, uh, you know, shipping container, you know? Which they <laughs> I was going to say that. a freight train. No, no, a, sh- a shipping container. And it okay. was, it was hot. But that wasn't the biggest problem. <laughs> so um, we rehearsed the night before. Cause we haven't rehearsed for a few weeks. It's you know, holiday season here. People are away and all the rest of it. Um, went into rehearsals feeling fine. Halfway through, my voice literally stopped. It didn't creak, didn't croak. Literally oh, wow. nothing came out, uh, only on a certain range. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. So the next day, our actual Bastille Day itself, took, it was so hot. We stayed in the shade all day. I tried not to talk, thinking, it'll be fine tonight. It'll be fine. About maybe five or six songs on uh, in. And we're, do, we're doing a two and a half hour set. You know, this, this shit, is quite a big, is a a big thing. That is quite the set. There's maybe five six hundred people there and there's like a big screen there as well people can watch and everybody's eating and you know it's, it's quite a big thing because bastille day is a big thing over here um yeah five six songs in and my voice just stopped i did an intro to a song went to say the first few words uh, nothing came out and it was really? like, oh shit and it's like we got to keep playing we can't you know so, so we stopped anyway so we can take a break for you know five minutes i'm literally drinking honey from a bottle and the sugar's getting to me, and <laughs> I must have had, you know, half a liter of honey just dr- drunk straight oh, down, oh, trying wow. to get my, trying to get my throat working. What does that um, do, by the way? It's not Yogi Bear. It's not. I haven't slept since. <laughs> it's not. It's not <laughs> no, good for you. But like, is, how do you know that honey is supposed to make your throat feel better? Well, it coats your throat, doesn't it? It's, it's yeah. You know, people have hun- does it? honey and lemon. It does. It does. It does work a bit. Um, but anyway, we went back on. I could sing a few songs again, and then it started going, and it was just like, oh, it, it was hard, hard work. So our our lead guitarist is a bit of backing vocal, so he's he sort of he was sort of bolstering me and backing me up a bit, and he was doing songs on his own for a bit. It was fucking hard, hard work. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, it was good fun. It was, I mean, I see, Bastille Day is huge here, um, and people are still celebrating. There's still fireworks going off every night here at the moment, but um, it's just hot. Really, I mean, this time of year is normally hot here, um, but we're, you know, we're in the hundreds now. Um, and so yeah, we're shit. basically in the shade. I went into the shop the other day, cutting some some handle materials. And where my G10 is stored, um, I've got the Kydex next to it. And all the shutters are shut and all the windows because it's so hot. But there was a little, like, stream of light coming in, making almost like a perfect circle of light about maybe a golf ball size on the Kydex. And the Kydex just, just like drooped from this, mm-hmm. this, you know, from this heat from the window coming through. Right. So I'm thinking if that was, you know, like paper or dust or something, that could easily go up, you know? So everybody, if it's hot, just go, go into your shop and just make sure you've got nothing, you know, nothing that too flammable, um, in direct, right. direct sunlight because Jesus like a, Christ. Like a bottle of Momasi beer. It, that stuff will probably go up. Exactly. Oh yeah. My God. I mean, yeah. you're talking like firebomb. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. So be careful. Go check your shops. Make sure there's nothing uh, too flammable next to windows because yeah, it's 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 it was quite scary to see this Kydex just yeah. It almost made like a perfect impression. You could drop a golf ball into it just from where the heat had come in in this this intense light. I would think that paper wouldn't go up as quickly as Kydex. 
because Kydex melts at like just 300 degrees. So yeah. yeah, we're getting into knife talk, guys. Yeah, here we go. Somebody, here we go. Somebody's sending me a message saying, you guys talk about yourselves too much. <laughs> talking about knives. Kydex melts at like four uh, or starts to soften at two, two and a half, uh, three, just about 300 degrees. I'm not necessarily so sure paper goes up at 300 degrees. It, it starts to burn at around 410. Yeah. Right, okay. But, if, I mean, if you've got dust, if you've got, you know, wood shavings, wood chippings, that's, you know, it's, it's there's a chance. So, to, yeah, just be careful. Yeah, I mean, go. definitely be careful for sure. Yeah, yeah. Jeffrey, how's your work, your week been? You're getting ready for Barcelona. <sighs> it's been good. It's been, it's been stressful because I'm trying to hit – we're ahead on deadlines, and I'm trying to hit a deadline that – I'm trying to get – all these oyster knives out before I leave, which is a tall order. So we're, we're, we're going to, but I believe we can do it. And it's, um, it's, it's good. It's good. Everything's good. We're working hard. David and I are getting these oyster knives done. We're already starting on the next knife, uh, before we even announced it yet. So which is kind of cool. And, you know, we're getting, getting the groove going and i'm trying to avoid coronavirus like you wouldn't believe my <laughs> giant is i've already taken three covid tests in the last week and a half and it's just because like my f- giant fear is i'm going to send a message to to tomer saying dude they won't let me on the plane mm. because I've, I've tested positive so like i've canceled going to three th- different things and it's just like i feel good but you know and Part of the reason is is because my wife is dealing with it every single day, yeah, you know, in yeah, the medical right. field. So it's like we're just – I'm just trying to, like, stay away and make sure that I'm in good shape for, to get out there, um, which is – you know, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be hard work, and I'm looking forward to it. Some of the listeners of this podcast will be there, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm bringing a microphone. Um, Tomer wants to podcast, so we're going to get a podcast in while we're out there, hopefully. Nice. And um, it's good. Actually – I really, I, it was interesting because I want to talk about uh, podcasting in general. You know, we say a lot that we're the number one knife related podcast on this German infested planet. And when I first started saying that a few years ago, I was just kind of fooling around. But now I mean, we know that it's true. I mean, it's just let's just not, let's cut the shit. I mean, yes. there's nobody else doing, yeah. there's, it's not even debate. It's, there's nobody else doing a weekly podcast regards to knives all the time. This is it, period, number one. So I was talking to Mert Tansu of, of on Full Blast, and we were having this interesting conversation, and it really kind of dawned on me. And I, I, I do a lot of this arrogance on the podcast because it's like radio shit. It's like you know you you got to talk it up a little bit. You know you have to like you know this is a audio situation here. We're not we're trying to make it kind of interesting. So Mert, you know, years ago we and we've known um, Mert and Kev Slattery and, and Corin. They have a show called uh, Knife, Knife Talk Down Under. Knife. <laughs> we called it. We, we, we lovingly called it Knife Talk Down Under, but it was Knife Making Down Under. And they, it was an, it was like their version of of Knife Talk down in Australia. And they started it before the pandemic years ago. And we've always been friends with them. And we, you know, have a, this interesting kind of. We all have, we all know them, and we have a good time. And one, if you look, go back in the archives, we had one of their listeners say, "I like this show better than Knife Talk." And then Craig wrote a song to try to woo him back, and turns out he was like maybe underage, and they were breaking their balls about it. You got to look back I on that one. That was that. Oh, yeah. a good one. I we forgot for, we, about that. Oh. The best part about that was so you know Craig writes this great song, and then the guys on 
um, the guys from Knife Making Down Under saying, does Craig know that he's like 16? And then all of a sudden, we swept that fucker right out of the carpet. Like We never talked about it again. So it was just, there's a good relationship that we have with those guys. And yeah. one of the interesting things I was talking to Mert about was, you know, when they started, they did Knife Making Down Under. They were doing, they had a live feed on Facebook. And I, at first I thought, huh, you know, they had all this interaction and we kind of did a little bit, but it was just like, it didn't really work. I don't think it really worked for us, but for them it worked. And what he said was the, one of the reasons why they started doing this live feed on Facebook was because during lockdown, people in Australia couldn't leave their houses. So all these knife makers would get drinks and they'd all meet and watch knife making down under and they would all it was like this bonding moment with that it was their podcast was this pub and it was Mm. this and and to the point where they were like people were i was wondering i was like people are frant you know australians were frantic about this show and it was because they created this keep not only just keeping them company but it was this live event that they could comment they could talk everyone's drinking everyone's you know, doing shots and they were having this like, and it was this idea of it was, it meant a lot more to the people listening to the show, especially yeah, it was a social thing as well. Yes. But it was like during pandemic, it was really locked down. It was really great. And so what I'm, what I'm suggesting is, is the listeners of knife making down under go tell Corin and Mert and Kev to get off their fat asses and record <laughs> some more shows because we need them back out more often than they are doing it and they need to know that how important it, it is to the, to the listeners of knife making down under so go ring their bell go rattle their cage go shake them by their lapels get them the, get them their get them off their fucking asses and have them record some more episodes that's all i wanted to say i just you know we i make a lot of jokes but i mean they're they're good dudes and they were really doing a lot of really great stuff for yeah. people kind of like in the in the weeds down there in australia Cool. I, I have a note about Mert. You, Shoot. Okay, Y'all so he is the treasurer of a newly founded uh, organization called the International Woots Society, and so a uh, it's it was started by Tim Mitchell, I believe, who is also down in Australia, um, and it is to create a society around Woots making. So these are making your own ki- kind of tiny little crucible steels, and um, so you can go check out their new page uh, and the goal and their mission with the society is to just help spread awareness and help uh, to create better understanding around the Woots making process because there's a lot of misunderstanding. Uh, if you don't know what Woots is, it's what people usually are bitching about saying that that's not Damascus, that's not real Damascus because they're referring to Woots uh, Damascus, which is a crucible steel. Um, and so go check them out and uh, go give Mert and those guys some love. Um, and I think they're, they're building something very cool. And I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of value out of uh, this new society. And also a big shout out to my friend, Peter Swarsbert, who is one of the co-founders as well. Very talented what's, guy. What's the name of the name of the society again? It's called the international Woots society. They're missing. It. They're missing a trick. Why isn't it the Woots Tang clan? You uh, did that already. I know. You did that. I know. They they could because have had that serious. before. I have a note on top of your note. Okay, let's hear it. We talked about it on. I made sure we talked about the International Woot Society on 
the newest episode of Full Blast. The Butch Tank Run. Yeah. We talked all about it, and it's there's underscores involved, and they're going to be doing like kind of like a ratings, uh, like a um, journeyman Smith and master right. Smith of Woots. We talked all about it. He Mert describes what Woots is and how it came about. It, it was a really good episode. He's um, it was really cool listening to also his perspective on going becoming a chef to uh, becoming a knife maker and his creativity and, and how he builds creativity and the connection between cooking and knife making. But we, sure. we did a whole big thing. So go listen to the newest episode of Full Blast and you can get all that. There we go. There go. We're covering some ground here. So from France to America to Alaska to right. Australia and now to Canada. I want to tell you about Maritime Knife Supply. Lawrence has been on the line to us um, and they've now got a, a like a forge press which they're selling. And we've got a discount for you as well. So if you're looking for a press, um, go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. If you use the promo code RAMSHEAD, you'll get $100 Canadian dollars off. Um, and take a look at what they've got. They don't obviously just do presses. They do everything you need. So their distributors are combat abrasives, for example. They do rhino wet. They do everything you need. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. And they're also on Instagram. Again, Maritime Knife Supply. And I believe Lawrence is going to Makers Camp in October. So hopefully you'll see a lot of you there too. He is. I was just messaging with him. I'm cool. excited to meet him. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good dude. Good dude. Shall we get on with a question or two? Whatever you want. Okay. Just before we do. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. Dot com. Um, and actually, if you go to uh, knifetalk.net forward slash heat, that will take you to Soul Ceramics. And they are distributors of Irv Even Heats. And they've got some made up, ready to go. They're in stock, ready to ship. And if you use um, the link, which is knifetalk.net forward slash heat, you will get $75 off and free shipping in the US as well. So why wouldn't you? That link is down in the description. Okay. Colin McShane. He has DM'd us on Instagram. He's got a question. I don't know if we call him McShane. Is it Scottish? I don't know. McShane. McShane. Call him McShane. Um, hey, guys. Question for you. How do you find motivation to work on your projects? I really enjoy working on these knives, but I try. I find it hard to keep coming back to the same project over and over. Uh, what do you guys do? Love the show. Um, so it sounds like he's doing sort of runs of, you know, the, keep doing the same project over and over. Um Maybe, Jeff, this is one for you. How do you keep motivated when you've got, you know, the same project over and over and over again? You know, it, it brings me to something that I was recently thinking about. I was listening to a podcast about, I think it was David Chang, and they were talking about, do you, do you know, and, and we have friends, you know, Neil has a company or has an organization called Shokinen Collaboration. Hmm. The word Shokinen is, a, is about a craftsman, but it's also someone who does, there are certain chefs Japanese chefs who are referred to as shokunin, which are guys who do the same thing over and over again. And it's not, I mean, I'm being, I'm belittling what it is, but it's like, it's being, it's being very conscious of what you're doing at the time. Like if you watch Jiro dreams of sushi, he's considered a shokunin where he does it's everything comes out the same. Like, you know, there's no, like, he's not, he doesn't feel he needs to just, you know, express himself artistically. He's, this is his perfection and his perfection is this constant sameness. And then that's the beauty and the art of it. And that's mm. kind of what that expression is. And there's a lot of guys who are, who are very creative. And then there are guys who focus on that, just that consistency. And that's where the belief is. 
you have to figure out what your motivation is and you have to just understand that every day isn't going to be fun. Like you have to find the fun in finishing your, your, your game plan, having a goal and reaching your goal. And that's where the satisfaction comes in. And I think that's a lot of that choking in vibe in the, in the, in the industry of just like being disciplined and organized and saying, okay, everything isn't going to be everything. The joy I'm going to be receiving from myself is going to be based on the ability to have some discipline and be able to meet my goals. And I, I do that shit all there are days like yesterday. I was just like, I have got to grind, you know, this amount of handles by this time. And when I meet that, I got to get another 10 done the next time. And I need to be, and it's like, it's kind of sucks a little bit, but at the same time, it's like at the end of the day, you're just like, I had a goal and I meet, met my goal. And that's where the satisfaction comes in. Yeah. You seem to almost gamify it as well, don't you, Jeff? You give yourself a goal of, like you said, a time and it, do you treat that almost as a game then? You need to get there and, and you feel that joy of, yeah, I've done it. Let's do it again kind of thing. Well, I mean, it's, it, it, it validates a degree of my own feelings about myself. You know, it's, 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 I'm not human garbage. I mean, if I say I'm going to do something and I do it, hmm. and then at the end of the day, I'm just like, okay, I did it. And then let's do another one. I mean, I remember in college, I used to, not i loved smoking cigarettes was my favorite thing i love smoking cigarettes you and i wouldn't allow myself dirty, to smoke dirty man it was terrible it was the worst <laughs> decision i ever made it was a, probably the biggest regret i have in life was that i smoked and i wouldn't allow myself to smoke cigarettes unless i re reached a certain deadline on you know making a sculpture or working on a paper or something like that so mm. it was like it was like this dangling carrot that i really wanted but at you know, I think it's important to kind of understand that your part of your who you are is based on the idea that you are able to be disciplined enough to reach a goal that you set for yourself and not and pat yourself on the back, but be, have the ability to just persevere. Hmm. Sure. Yeah. Good answer. Good answer. Mareko, do you want to take the next one? Well, I, I wanted to add to that question oh, see craig craig thought it was so good that it was i know he's right. ready. It was I mean, it was close that chapter i thought what are we yeah. gonna add what are we gonna add to this <laughs> it's really damn good answer actually uh was... i think the only thing i could add to add to it uh, from my own perspective is uh that it's it, for me personally if i'm struggling with getting motivated with one project i i try to make sure that i have other stuff going too um so that at least I can go move to something else and be still be productive. But I've honestly, I found that just, just give it five minutes. That it's, it's that starting, like getting started is the hard part, especially on something that you're not really excited about doing. But then once you like literally just give yourself five, maybe even 10 minutes to do it, you get into the mode and you just start rolling. Uh, like a perfect example is I, I've been putting off uh, actually before uh, my road trip uh, back at the beginning of June, my, my ventilation fan went out and um, 
I thought I was going to have to try to replace parts. Uh, I ended up just buying a new ventilation fan. Um, but I had to take the old one down and it was just this huge, ridiculous old contraption. And, and I had to build a new housing and for the new ventilation fan and all this shit. And it just was dreading it. I've been dreading it, but I have a couple knives that I'm working on right now and it requires, you know, I'm doing all the finish grinding. It's creating a lot of dust in the grinding room. Uh, one, it's not good for me, but two, I don't, I, I don't necessarily want all that shit getting out all over the shop. So maybe that was ultimately the, the, the motivator, but I still wasn't excited about doing it because it just, it needed to get done. Um, and so I just, I just started working on it and I noticed, I actually noticed this time. I was like, after about five minutes, I was like, I was in it. I was super unexcited about it at first, but after five minutes, I was rolling and I was fine to go. And I find that just giving something a few minutes or having um, having other side projects um, so that you can still be productive is important for me and the way I work. Um, I struggle with being self-disciplined, and this is my form of self-discipline is by having other things available for me to work on um, in tandem. You know what the worst thing to help to that doesn't help you at all with motivation is the fucking doom scrolling. Oh sure. <laughs> you get fucking caught up in some bullshit and it's like you're just like scrolling through these reels and the algorithm is giving you the and they're trying to keep you and they're yeah. holding you and it's like it's it's just so gross. Actually that's one of the reasons why I started doing Peloton is because I thought well I can either sit here for 20 minutes or I can do 20 minutes on a, a cycle. And sure. it was like, it was easy. It was a real easy, easy decision. And I'm glad I did. But I mean, that fucking thing, this fucking thing is a, is a murder. It's a murderous, like, it's like a harpy. It's like a fucking harpy is what mm. it is. It's like trying to get you to steer your boat into the rocks. It's fucking fun. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, let's not go into it now, but um, go ahead. Uh, I, I'm using my phone far less and less now. Um, just aware of the of the, the fact that I'm getting hooked into it, you know, and you know, but I'm finding the older generation, you know, they've sort of they discover Facebook and they get iPhones they and the rest Facebook. of it. They are addicted to their phones, you know. Whereas you thought it would be the younger generation, it seems younger people are more uh, sort of alert to exactly what's happening here and the fact that it is, you know, it is putting its hooks in them. Was the old generation? They they they're not realizing that, and they just spend it all their time with their heads in their phone. It's crazy to see. There's a there's a group in my town and I follow just because some of the some of these people go fucking out of their fucking minds, hmm. and they just start posting shit that's just so. Hey, does anybody know where I can get a taxi cab? Or or does anybody know? Is there any any good? Is there any reasonably priced electricians around? Uh, and it's like, and then it says, "Okay, go," as in like, yeah. you know. It's send it my way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, shall we move on to the next question? Yeah. yeah. Why not? Okay. All right. This next one is from Plum Lee Knives. He says, Hey, cuties, I got a question for you. My shop just burned down. Sorry for that, bud. Uh, this past weekend, it was not knife related. So I was wondering, what kind of shop would you build if insurance was going to pay to build a new one? What kind of shop would be best for forging? And any other considerations? Uh, that I should keep in mind. P.S. I kind of pushed him. I talked a little, a little bit to him. I mean, I don't. I mean, I think he's happy about it. I think insurance company is like making him a brand new shop. So I don't oh. think he's he, he's not down in the dumps on this situation. Okay. I think he's 
Okay, pretty cool. stoked. One thing that I would say, um, considering the, this weather we're having here now, is when you're considering what you're going to use, um, well, you know, your design and everything like that, don't just consider the current weather. Um, mm. The winter is probably going to be very, very different to how it is now. Um, and that's something that I did really. I with this new shot that I'm doing here, um, it was sort of the winter time when I was sort of getting everything, you know, where I wanted it and that kind of thing. And I'm now finding this weather, oof, it's not, it's not the best. Um, so consider how you're gonna how you're gonna work the whole year round, um, because I think we're gonna see more and more of you know massive uh, discrepancies in weather between summer and winter. Um, so yeah, that's just maybe one thing to consider. That's just sort of come to the top of my head, really. Sure. I think for, especially when it comes to forging, having at least a solid, like, I don't know, like 12 by 12 or 10 by 10 space, uh, that's easy and clear to walk around in for forging is massive. You know, I, I have my forge maybe in whatever position I decide is the best place for the forge. And then to the left is usually my anvil. Uh, to the right is the post vice. Right behind me is my uh, hydraulic press. If I get a power hammer, then my power hammer will probably be to the left of the anvil. So it's close to the anvil. Um, but having kind of like a circle of forging, I like to have kind of like that kind of arrangement set up. Um, but Definitely, if they're going to build you a new shop, try to it, it, try to isolate your grinding room. Whatever you can yeah. do, even if it's a yeah. tiny little booth, isolate your grinding room. Make sure you have good ventilation in there um, and some sort of vacuum system for either either sawdust or metal or both. Uh, you know, I mean, individually. Um, but yeah, keeping your your grinding room isolated will it will be massive for you yeah and then i would oh sorry the last thing i was going to say and the mistake that i've made and i the advice that i haven't listened to from jeff is don't shit your shop up with crap um and uh so yeah keep your shop simple i think that's i've been in a lot of shops lately and uh i think the thing i really appreciate about most of the shops i've been to lately is that they keep the shop the shop stuff is in the shop that's it. And it's just what they need for their whatever their shop work is. Uh, and most of them are knife makers. So just just their knife making stuff. They don't have a bunch of other shit in there that doesn't necessarily go in there. Snowblowers um, and lawnmowers. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. And I, it's yeah. just like, yeah, my shop is just full of so much stuff. And it's actually, it's it feels like a stranglehold on my productivity in a way because it's just, it's, it's just hard to even just walk around the shop sometimes. This is an interesting conversation because number one is my shop is such a dump right now and it's been a dump for, for a while. And it's because we're just, the deadlines are very, very, we have just deadlines upon deadlines. So there's just not time to, and one, one, you know, one, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I just spent the morning kind of cleaning one area up at a time. And it's just like, it's still, it's still a fucking dump and it's, I had this real kind of conversation with uh, a few people and we've talked about, you know, a friend, Brett McAfee, Skull and Spades 13 mm-hmm. says, a clean shop is a happy shop. Well, that's true. But also if you go into different metal shops like that are not knife making, you go into real metal shops, there's two avenues of the way shops are. And at first I used to think, 
I went into this one shop. It was like surgical precision, everything. There wasn't like a just a speck of dust on it. It was like, I thought, these guys are doing surgical precision shit. This is like highest level. And then I've been in other shops where it's like, there is sandpaper on the floor and there's shit everywhere and coffee cups and it is a fucking sty. <laughs> the difference between the two is the one that has the surgical precision, a lot of those guys don't have a lot of work going on. And, lot, and they also don't have any <laughs> yeah. deadlines. Yeah. Like a clean shop is a happy shop is also a clean shop might be, I don't take deadline. I don't deal with deadlines shop, you know, and the ones that were like harried with fucking, you know, coffee cups and, and like shit everywhere. And then the cup, you know, you, the place is a total disaster. There are deadlines going on. And like, even our friends who all tested for journeyman Smith, I know Matt and Will and, and James Fleming, they were all like showing how much of a shit house their shops were <laughs> leading up to their testing because it's just like that. We just don't have time to clean shop as a happy shop. We have to like haul ass shop to be a happy house, Yeah, you know? Right. So that's, I, I don't, I think that there's, there's this interesting dilemma between once again, the concept of the maker, the hobbyist and these shops that deal with real deadlines and some things aren't pleasant and some things aren't fun and you, you, you have to pay bills and there's, there's issues that need to be done and you don't want to be paying someone to be sweeping and you don't want to, you want to be able to, you know, haul ass and meet your deadlines. It's an interesting mm. topic of conversation. I'm not hundred percent sure. Yeah. The, the ideal way of working for me is, um, completely clean shop, everything away where it needs to be when you start a project. Um, and you know, generally if I'm working in a batch, um, I'll work through that batch and not really tidy up until I finish. Then when I finish doing what, you know, that particular project, then it's a complete tidy up again. And this may take a day or two to do this, this complete tidy up. But then I can, I can start the next project and then everything turns to shit. And, you know, and, and that seems to sort of work for me. But, you know, by the end of it, you've got belts on the floor and it, it, it yeah, it's probably fucking dangerous oh, to do with you. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But there's, there's, it's a lovely feeling there when everything's tidy and ready to start a new project. It's like, okay, let's make some mess almost, you know? You're not planning to make a mess, but you, you know it's going to happen, and you just got to be okay with that. The times I clean my shop now are when I know someone's coming over. <laughs> True. I mean, you want to be honest or you want me to lie? I'm not no, no, lie. no. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's 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 if I, I know that when I'm, uh, you know, when I even did that video, I, I couldn't clean up as much as I wanted to because it was just like, we've got deadlines. We've got like... We're constantly trying to get ahead and we're, and part of that is, is like, I just, we just don't have, you know, turn on the, you know, the Disney music and we'll whistle while we work and clean the shop up and like, you know, snap <laughs> towels and shit. It's just like, we got to fucking get onto this and I got to get onto that. And I have to prepare for more days and prepare for what we're doing next week. And sometimes it's just clean shop is a, you know, not a busy shop. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I tell you, let's do some listener feedback just oh, after this. Shit. What about combat? combat? Oh, so, combat abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at combatabrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. There we go, combat abrasives. Um, yeah, what we got, Jeff? Anything anything of so, interest we have a lot of listener feedback and a lot i saved a lot of it because mareka wasn't here and then you weren't here and all mm. these this stuff so so if you want to listen if you want to 
interact with the show, go follow us on Instagram, Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram, and you can DM us listener feedback. You can just di- di- tough dilemmas, um, questions. And actually, we're going to be doing a new, a new bit that I don't know how it's going to work, but we're going to try to. The next bit we're going to be doing is it's going to be called You Don't Know What You're Talking About. And, and I want you to, you have heard something, something said, and not, not necessarily by us, but you, you like, you know, quenching, quenching is, you know, you have to be due north and the, and the, and the, this, that, and the thing. And yeah. you have to write, you don't know what you're talking about. And then this is what the correct answer is. Yeah. Because once in a while we'll say something, we don't know what we're talking about. And this is the expression. So think about, you know, things like I've heard this guy say, oh, yeah, when you, uh, you know, you hear that you watch these these videos and you're just like, you want know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, the how, how you hammer out, how you make a fucking knife. And you, <laughs> the more the you temper it, the stronger it gets. Yeah, yeah. It, you don't know what you're talking about. And so, so that's how you do it. That this, You don't know what you're talking about. So in the meantime, we're going to do listener feedback. So this listener feedback, the first one comes from Seth Ricketson. A lot of these are going to be based on a last episode with uh, rec- uh, Craig's record company. Uh, Seth Rickards- Rick- uh, Ricketson says, tell Craig we got him. It would be badass if he got to number one. Because a lot of people want your new album to go get on the charts and go to number one. So we're <laughs> It's gonna... a single, by the way. It's not an album. There's oh, gonna be, you said gonna it was be... a fucking album. There's going to be three songs. So it's a single. It's just, yeah, single. Wait a second. I thought a single is one song. Yeah, but you 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 batch them up into yeah you can you can have up to three three songs mm-hmm. on a single yeah. Do we? Can like you remember these? back in the nineties buying CDs and you'd have three songs on there? You know, three or four. You used to be able to have four actually, sure. but now it's only three. Yeah, I remember okay. buying though. Mm. Do you ever buy the single tapes? I, no. I I bought a couple. That was such a sucker move. I used to buy that shit <laughs> thinking. It's only it's only three dollars for a si- right. single. It's just like you're, all you're doing is you're flipping the tape back and forth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like every five yeah. minutes, you're flipping the tape. Yeah, you put sellotape Paul, over those tabs so you can record over it eventually. Yeah. Paul Jansen says Craig needs to grow a mustache and dress up like Freddie if he's going to be playing on the same piano as Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody was recording on. Uh, well, I've got the jumpsuit ready to go, so yeah, I might as well do the Sweet. mustache too. I yeah. suggest I suggested to him that your mustache must be pretty puny. Like, I don't know if you... Can you do a mustache? I couldn't. I couldn't. I, Two yeah. hairs? I've currently got 44 years of growth on my face. Um, <laughs> and it's... it's Yeah, it, it's not visible. It's not <laughs> visible. Yeah. So we also got some potential record company names. We were talking... Craig's starting a record company, and he was going to call it Craig Lockwood Records, which... I don't think it, I think that we can do better than that. So, to be fair, uh, this isn't a record. This is literally just a service. This release, it's not going to be. You know, you still need lots some of, pizzazz. It still needs, a, still needs a name, I suppose. You need yeah. some fucking pizzazz. Yeah. So there was a lot of people with a lot of ideas. Uh, J Largen eight four three says filthy public records. That's a good name. Mm, yeah. Leonardo Lee says I nominate Coco Bolo Dust as the name for the record company. <laughs> Uh, Alpha Forge Works says Cheeky Fingers Records. Oh, that's a good one. The Cheeky Finger. Uh, yeah. And then uh, that was about it. So, did you, Mareka, did you say you had a name? Yeah. Well, I mean, you said it actually. Uh, you you were referring to because uh, you were talking, you and Craig were talking about how Craig's got anvils all over the place and you called it an anvil orchard. And I thought that conjured, <laughs> that conjured a very interesting image in my head of all these anvils in like a fruit tree or something An- like that. Anvil Orchard Records is a good name, is name too. That Anvil is good. Orchard Records. That's good. 
plunge cut records. I, I, I like plunge cut records. So you, you do realize plunge cut. I heard that last week. A plunge cut is also a thing in fashion, which is the exactly. very deep front cut on a woman. Exactly. That's what dress. I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. It don't think it would work too well. Well, how about plunge line records? I like plunge it's, line it's records. Still plunge. It's the same thing. It's For a, most people, so they, could, they consider <laughs> Better looking, than Craig Lockwood records. That's looking down a woman's top, you know? I think I've got a name. I think I've got a name. Go ahead. Um, so one of two. Um, so either perfectly honed records, which oh. I quite like, or honed edge. I quite like too. No, honed edge. I honed still edge. vote for Anvil Orchard. I vote for Anvil Orchard too. <laughs> Anvil Orchard Records is a pretty good one. Okay, but I've got some details of release anyway. So the release date is going to be the 18th of November. Um, so we've got month. We've got months to go. Okay. Um, but there, you can actually pre-order from the 5th of November. And what happens if you pre-order is they will be posted in time, so they actually hit people's doorsteps on the 18th. Is that Guy um, Fawkes Day, November 5th? It is. Yes. So yeah, remember, remember the 5th of November. Yes. Um, so you've got two. We- there'll be two weeks for pre-order. So none of these will count towards a chart sale until the 18th. So that when it comes to the 18th, you've got all these pre-orders, you know, all bundled up this big number, hopefully, to uh, to hit the charts with. That's that's the thinking behind it, anyway. So we'll see. We'll see. We've got plenty of time to go. Do you have names for the songs that are already? Are they already the, written? They're already written. They're already demoed too. Yes. Um, Do you like them? I yeah yeah well obviously <laughs> no they're shit <laughs> I mean I can't stand them <laughs> are, are you, come on I was just so gonna, wh- are you gonna do uh, like some reels Instagram reels <laughs> of you performing some of these songs maybe acoustic versions that people yeah there will yeah there's gonna be a fair bit of content around it you know to build up ready to get right. people to sort of pre-order okay. little teasers that kind of thing um so um one is called the last drink um. The second one is called This Town, and there's going to be a third, but I think that's – I'm toying with the idea of well, – I'm really fortunate. So the studio I'm going to is where Oasis did a lot of their recording, um, and I'm actually using the, the, the exact guitar that Wonderwall was recorded with. So it was Noel Gallagher's guitar. Um, so I'm toying with the idea of actually just doing a live one-take version in the studio with that guitar, and that oh, being wow. the third song. Um, so I'm toying with that at the moment. But if not, I do have another song which I which I'd put on. But I I'm quite like the idea of just having a live one take version, um, just because I'm in the right place. I've got the guitar. Um, I I'll also be able to use the mic that, um, that that Liam, who's the singer, used to record it as well. So I'll be using the same guitar, the same mic in the same room. Um, so I'm thinking that's what I'm going to do. Have a live version of uh, of Wonderwall as well on there. Wow. Yeah. Are there some what licensing is- issues with that? Um, that? There's, there's not. I mean, that the um, anybody can record a cover version of anything, but the the royalties, the PRS royalties, will go to the uh, to the publisher. Um, so I won't get any of the you know the royalties for that. But because this will basically be almost like the B side to the single, it, it you know. I'm not going to make any money from this single because I'm not sure, gonna, sure. You know, you know. So, so yeah. But um, any money that does that you know will be taken you know noel gallagher who was the writer will get his portion as well and that's all automatically done yeah i i've always been curious about how those covers work because you see people like on their instagrams and tiktoks and stuff like singing all kinds of covers and or even on youtube and then blowing up yeah i guess it so it sounds like it becomes a problem if you're taking 
money exactly and there's a there's a couple of ways that um like artists get paid for their work so one is the publishing rights so that that means anybody can do a cover of it but any money that they make the publishing side will go to the original publisher um and even things like youtube and tiktok they've they've sort of they've got systems in place so that'll happen now automatically as well right. so you, you hear people get copyright strikes and that kind of thing and that's because um they haven't labeled it right so that the money isn't going to the right person mm. um and the other one is for um literally just playing out so you know any any sort of public play um that's a different kind of royalty that will also be handed out as well and the, there's companies called people it's yeah it's a long-winded thing but sure, um, sure. it's all it's all legit yeah so basically you could go out and you could do a version of whatever you wanted to do um but you wouldn't necessarily get paid for it um if it sold well yeah perfect hmm. okay any other um audience feedback well i i feel like we've kind of hit that vein of the what's going on with the record company that was most of it uh i thought we could do some tough scenarios how do you feel about that let's do it let's do it take the money there we go let's move on (laughs) (laughs) trust me there's plenty of those questions uh, on there so once again tough scenarios it's like you're giving us a dilemma that we need to mull over and to figure out how we're going to do it this one comes from zach brahman zach brahman Uh, I have a nice little dilemma for you guys. So I went to a a local woodworking store to buy a couple of tools. They were running a promotion for a drill press I'd been looking at. And I was so pumped that I had had them ring me up for a 12-inch drill press. They had to help me load this quite large box into the car, which had, uh, had me also waiting for some help to get the thing into my house. I get the tool to my basement. I get most of the way finished building it, and I realize they had mistakenly sent me home with a larger, more expensive 15-inch drill drill press. Price difference is about $300. I called them in the next morning. They said that they can take an exchange for the smaller machine, but this is an inconvenient and requires another person's help. Should I go back to the shop, pay the extra $300, and not deal with the exchanging business, or should I make the exchange with the tool uh, that I intended on purpose uh, on purchasing or do do I get, or I try to get some sort of consolation prize. Hmm. Very honest of him to call the shop the next day. I was about to say, Um, I'm not sure I would. I mean, I (laughs) know you would. Yeah. I'm not sure you would. Are you kidding me? It is this thing. You're the kind of guy who you had the fucking, you goddamn you, Craig Lockwood. When you were a kid and you did that goddamn, uh, you worked at the grocery store, you had the sticker gun and used to change the stickers on prices of ingredients at the goddamn grocery store for old ladies because you just wanted to give you a pat on the head. Of course you would. (laughs) Jesus. You don't think you would. I, it's one of those things where if it's you know if it's a small local family uh, business um, and you know I probably I probably would give them the call, but if it but I always struggle with this in my head. If it's not, if it's a big corporation, I probably wouldn't. But I don't really see the difference because if everybody did that to a big corporation, you know it it's it's the worker that would suffer. So. Yeah, it's wrong of me to say it, but if it was a bigger, you know, a big branded uh, corporation, I, I, I wouldn't have even called them. I would have, well, hey, I'm lucky here, you know. Um, but the fact that you have 
I, 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 I don't know. If you've got an extra use for that, for that extra three inches, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course. If you, if you specifically want the 12-incher, the um, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd maybe say to them, well, you know, I, I'll need help you know, bringing it back to you because, because of the size. So maybe somebody could come to my house and I'll, and I'll help you, you know, do the exchange. Yeah. Really correct, though. I, I mean, I'm, I'm on the same page with Craig. I mean, there was probably, uh, probably a reason he was only going for the 12 inch. Maybe some people just have limited space in their shop or whatever. And the, they got this gargantuan thing and it's just more than, more than they need and, and takes up too much space. But so I, I think it, yeah, I think it's a good thing that uh, that he did his due diligence, or he's trying to do his due diligence. But yeah, I think at the same time, like, you know, if if they can't get somebody to come back, come over and help load the shit back, I mean, that's honestly, I would say that's on them for all of that. And it sounds like it was kind of a pain in the ass. Hmm. Um, if if they're not willing to send somebody over, and you know. And you got the room for it. Maybe you do just keep it. <laughs> I sold it. I mean, I said, I I mean, pay the 300 bucks and just keep it. And it's not worth the hassle of having to bring it back and deal with all the bring it back and bring it forth and pack it up. And But it's not worth it. Have you guys ever been in the situation where you ended up leaving a store with something that you shouldn't have had? I'm not t- saying fucking stolen anything, but like <laughs> something was put in your bag accidentally and then you go back and return it. Have you ever done I that? Rem- I was talking about this just last week with my wife. So um, a friend, back when we were sort of 18, 19, a friend of mine was, was moving out and getting his first, his first house. Um, and he was like, I need to go to Ikea to buy basically loads of shit. Will you come and help me? I was like, yeah. So you know how it is. Everything's flat pack. Uh, and you get those, you know, those big trolleys and everything goes down on the trolleys. So we're loading things up. And just before we got to the checkout, he started taking everything off and repacking it. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Um, but I didn't really notice what he was doing until we got through the checkout. The lady sort of scanned the big box that she could see. Bang. And off we go. We get to the car park and he's like, did you see how that worked? And I was like, what, what, what happened? He put all the smaller boxes purposely underneath uh-huh. and the larger surface areas on top so when the lady's sitting there and she's you know she bends down to scan whatever's there she can only just see this huge box on top because um, they're all flat you can't you know you can't see the little ones underneath so he got away with all sorts you know and oh. he's like well if they've you know it wasn't my fault they were all there i didn't conceal them and like, well he did conceal them <laughs> what but, a you fucking know, asshole but if he got stopped you simply would have said well they're there i pushed them through you know i, I you know I, I didn't notice. You know, we were chatting and she was scanning, and, and I was just like, "Jesus Christ!" Wow. Number one, top tip for IKEA, ladies and gentlemen. One, number one, your friend is a bit of a pig. Number one. <laughs> number two, Sally might need to do a couple of sit-ups because I don't know how she couldn't have seen that there was shit underneath there. Yeah. I yeah. mean, what the fuck? I've never in my life heard of somebody just deciding to just to scan the shit on the top and not so I smoke- nothing. This is intentional theft with the uh, with the fallback of you'll pay if you're caught. I suppose that's suppose that's what this is. There are there are companies. I know that Home Depot has a they they expect there to be a percentage of theft, wow. so they don't like get horned up about it at all. Like they're completely <laughs> like they understand they accept the fact that shit's going to get stolen out of there. Hmm. 
Mm. And things have gone the other way. Here in France, we were we were in Paris um, last. Yeah, it must have been last week now. And um, we go to the like the big supermarkets there. And my wife's carrying her normal bag with her, and you know, and the, the bag with little kid stuff in. And the security are stopping everybody, looking through their bags, and then tape putting tape around their bags. You can't open your bag while you're in the shop. And it was like Jesus. And I thought, I first first of all, I thought, is that is that just us? Do we look dodgy? But you can see everybody who's going in with a bag, they do the same thing. And I was like, wow. Yeah. I, I will say I've accidentally walked out on tabs, um, usually at like a bar or something like that. And I used to, so I used to play a lot of competitive pool. And at the end of the night, you've been playing pool, you've been having lots of drinks, and <laughs> you get food and whatnot. And uh, and then it's like, all right, it's time to go. <laughs> and you just walk out of the fucking place. Uh, tabs up, plural. Yeah. Uh, I've done it accidentally a couple times, but I will say I always went back and um, took care of things and or did a very nice job of, you know, constantly going back to a place and and making that money back up um, and all that. Uh, but I will say in regards to Craig's friend <laughs> with the stack and the shit from Ikea, it, I, I maybe this is getting a little philosophical, but I think. I think we do create our own karma, whether it's good or bad. And ultimately <laughs> we got to fucking live with ourselves. And if you're going to do shitty stuff like that, like you, you can't be surprised when shitty stuff happens to you. Yeah. It's, and, a, it, and a lot has as well. A lot has happened to it. The shit bag since. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> wait, number one, you need to say at least one of the shit bag things that's happened to him. But number two is it's not karma. It's law of averages. When you do shitty yes. things often, and you don't get caught and you keep doing it, you're going to do it to the wrong person. You're going to get tire ironed. And it's yeah. like, you just, there's no, there's no two ways about it. I actually got, and we're, I'm coming back. We're, you're going to tell a story about what happened to your shit back here. Your Ikea, that thief friend. <laughs> but I actually walked, I went to Home Depot and they gave me the wrong bag. And there was, I mean, it was just like, like mousetraps in it or something like that. I drove all the way home. I found these mousetraps. I thought, these aren't for me. And I brought them back. I drove another 15 minutes back and I said, and it was to, for a guy who needed them or whatever. But I felt like, and they said, well, that was really nice of you to do that. I was just like, well, no, it's just like, it's not mine. Hmm. You know, I, I don't, you know, mm-hmm. it's just somebody else needs these and it's not for me and I don't need these. And, yeah. and I don't, I just don't, there's something about that of, of being dishonest. There's something like you were saying, Mareko, it's just about having to live with yourself. Yeah. Have I accidentally walked out of a grocery store not realizing that in the gross in the I'll tell you, you know what I felt bad about this a little bit. I was getting I think it was in the height of the pandemic and I was getting some food and you know when you can buy smoked salmon in those very thin packets. Mm. I put it in the in the cart and I didn't realize that it was like behind it it slipped on the side of you know where you put your if you you could put your kid in if you have a yes bit, the little seat yeah, yeah I didn't realize it was behind that and then I got to the car and I was like. Wow, this is strange. There's some free smoked salmon in this cart. <laughs> and I was like, fucking panty, panty rules, baby. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it back. <laughs> Not masking up to go back in. Yeah. Panty rules, baby. This is some fucking smoked salmon for me. <laughs> there you go. That was the last uh, time I ever did that. Go yeah. ahead. Tell us about your shitbag friend. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> oh, oh, well, I mean, this was when we were back, you know, 25 years ago this happened right. um and you know we just sort of lost contact and stuff you know you know friends yeah, and good, school that good. kind of thing until we got married amy and i which was what nine years ago now nearly um 
and we we invited him and his his partner they weren't married at the time i remember um, and they just argued non-stop at our wedding it was just oh jesus you know jesus christ Sweet. anyway they got they got married a few months later but they went to, they went to mexico to get married um and when he came back he he told me the story how they were arguing so much on their wedding day <laughs> that the manager of the hotel gave them another free room so they could both calm down and have their own rooms oh, wow. on their wedding jesus. night jesus <laughs> That must have been a scam too. That Ugh. had to have been his fucking IKEA scam. No. Oh, uh, like if we also, start yelling, also, maybe they'll give us two rooms. Also, they went scuba diving and he lost his wedding ring the day after they got married. Flea bag. Yeah, exactly. What goes around comes around. Flea bag. Yeah. All right. There you go. <laughs> All right. We have more t- tough scenarios. Uh, uh, okay. Let old... me let me tell everybody first about Texas Farrier Supply. Down there in Texas, they're doing a great job. They stock everything you'd need as a knife maker or a farrier, obviously. Um, but, but quite importantly, they sell Indasa Rhino Wet, which is the, the sandpaper of choice for professionals like us. If you're not using Rhino Wet, you are a fool. Um, but yeah, Texas Fire Supply, um, they stock it. So if you go to TexasFireSupply.com, fill up your cart. They've got everything that you'd possibly need as a knife maker. If you use Knife Talk 10, you'll then get 10% off the whole order. So go take a look. Our old friend Pickle Cutters wrote in, and he says, it's been a while. <laughs> it's still funny, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while, and here's my latest dilemma. Since I've been back from Blade Show, and then I went to Brian House's shop for a week, I saw some crazy work at Blade. Then I played a bunch of I played with a bunch of tools at Brian at uh, House Made Industries, only to come back and order a forge press, and then I have to wait. Cool, right? Not really. I can't get myself motivated to get anything done in the shop. Thirteen blades on the go since, and not one's finished. Um, I'm sitting here trying to get going, and nothing moves. Do I just go to sleep until the press comes, uh, and then I'll be good? So he he went to the thing, got all fired up, bought a press. The press is on its way, but he cannot do anything. He doesn't want to finish mm. anything before. Because he's all he wants is this goddamn press. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm the same. Whenever I order anything, I'm on edge until until it arrives. Like I'm terrible. And, and as you know, there's the whole toilet routine when it comes. You know, <laughs> that's why I'm so excited. Well, you have to tell. Yeah. Someone, you have to tell the viewer to, to the listeners listening and wondering what the toilet scenario is. Anytime Craig gets any mail, he just grabs it and runs straight to the bathroom and that's where he has some peace and quiet and he has his pants down and he's able to open up all his boxes and read all his mail in the privacy of his own filth it's the only place to get peace and quiet in this house i'm telling you yeah. so all of all of the stuff he gets has a nice layer of bacteria and germs on it yeah <laughs> soiled air fecal yeah. fecal yeah. and you know so he's got this new toy on um, on order, which has come in, and right. he's not motivated to do things the old way because he thinks it's going to be far we'll finish better. Finish old product. Finish yeah. old projects. And is that because he thinks it's going to be better with with this new tool? Or I don't think just... that it's. I think that it's uh, a combination of most likely, uh, you know, ADD. Most likely, I'm, I'm making that. Ass- <laughs> I'm making that. Ass- I'm making that assessment, and then uh, you know, other things. You know, but yeah, he's just having a hard time. Once again, having a hard time motivating. People are having a hard time motivating. Yeah, yeah. 
I suppose you can just prep everything you can. Um, I mean, if this was me, I'd want a nice stand for it, so I'd probably buy a new anvil and just use the anvil as a stand, as I do. Right, right. Um, right. Yeah, I'd prep any minutes. Dust the coffee cups off first, though. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that. I tell you what, we we had some engagement this week. Some real engagement on Instagram with uh, I post up some pictures of anvils that are available around here. Okay. Um, because me and Jeff talked about it last week. It's just that there's just loads around here, and they're 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 cheap. Um, so I posted a few pictures of them um, and explained they're all sort of under three hundred dollars and all within half an hour of me here. Um, it's easier for me to go out and get an anvil than it is to go out and get like takeaway food. Honestly, because there's nothing, there's nothing around here for takeaway food. But if I want an anvil, they're fucking everywhere. Can, can we um, also address the fact that you talked about yourself? You you posted and talked about it as if it wasn't you posting it. If did I really? Yeah, you said like Craig. You 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 were doing it like third person. Like, as did I like really? Oh, what a dick! <laughs> I let you know. I let you know. I was like, this is outrageous, and he's pretending like he didn't write this. Like, I wrote about his fucking. I don't have his Euro anvils. I don't have any of it. <laughs> that was really good. I, I had to let you know that. Really, I'm okay. on to you. Yeah, that's how rusty I am with uh, social media. <laughs> but um, but yeah, we had we had some proper engagement there. So uh, people are um, yeah. You got to clear Je- the jealous you, maybe if if the amount of anvils that are around. Oh, everyone's everyone's out of their skull. I sent pictures to Jesse, and Jesse says that some of those anvils are not French, and some of them are Italian. So mm. you, you you should you should be grabbing every. I tell you every time, and I know you send them to me because you, you know how infuriating it is. I mean, <laughs> we get we get we get you want to bumped over the barrel with anvils around here. I mean. It's, it's disgraceful that what they uh, charge and what they're what they're you know. So you should be yeah. picking everything up. I sent it to yeah. Jesse was just like yeah. I'd get I'd get every single one of them. Yeah, but I mean I've got like three, possibly four here now. Possibly um, you don't even know. And, That's how embarrassing use, it is. Listen, I use one as a step. I know. Oh. Literally, it's a step up to reach things. <laughs> <laughs> That's That's all I use it for. <laughs> Is that for, on the bottom of your bar where you put your feet? Like you sit, ah. you sit in your stool, and then you, the anvil <laughs> is your footrest. No, but that would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah, it'd be it'd, cool. yeah. yeah really yeah. cool. Yeah. Where were we? We were talking about this guy waiting for his forge. Yeah, pick, pickle cutter needs. He pickle needs cutter. to be motivated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Clear the space. Uh, get everything ready. Any materials that you're going to be using. Get everything ready. So when it does come, you're ready to go. You know, if 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 you are that way inclined, but you can't do anything else because you're just focused on this, well, put all that focus into getting everything ready for when it does come. You can hit the ground running. Mm. Uh, well, did did I hear right that he already has a bunch of knives that are ready? They're so not like, finished. They're not finished, but he's got a fi- he's having a hard time. The press isn't going to do anything to those knives that are partway worked, right? They right. must be already forged or stock removed. Or they're, something. He sent a picture, and they're like, they got the handles on. They just need to be finished. Oh my god, he's having so, a hard time motivating. Right. So, I mean, the press isn't going to change any of that. Like, I, I don't see any reason to to delay on that, other than. Just being excited. I understand being excited about the press, but you're you're still gonna have to fucking finish those after the press even gets there. I mean, even oh, sorry. So what's the scenario? The press arrives finally, and then you forge out a bunch of knives, and then what? You got to fucking hmm. finish them, right? Yeah. So finish the use old this. Knives. Yeah, use this time to clear the decks now. Yeah, and then the when decks. the press does come, guilt-free pressing, baby. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You got to clear the decks. Clearing the decks is the move. 
This is, but this is also, this is also this weird gray area that we come across and we hear about and we talk about. It's the idea of people going, are you part-time? Are you full-time? Are you a full-time maker? Are you full-time knife maker? And it's like, you're, have the mentality of, I don't have to go to my job anymore, or I don't have to, I can make, I can be a hustler or I can be like some, you know, but you're not like thinking about it in the sense of the priorities in regards to being in business. Mm -hmm. And I think that clearing the decks is the best. And it's not fun. Sometimes it's not fun, but at the same time, it's like paying your bills aren't fun. A pill paying your bill sucks. Here's a good example. I'm fired. I'm excited to go to Barcelona, but I can only go for four days. And it's because I have bills to pay. And I have employees to take care of. And I have to make sure that the shop is going. And I have to make sure that there are things in my household that I have to deal with. And I have responsibilities. Mm. And I'd love to be able to spend two weeks. And I'd love to be able to get... I got the invitation to go to whoever's and however's and wherever's. The importance is, is I have to take care of my responsibilities first and foremost. And it sucks. But that's life. And the fact that you can have a bit of discipline and you can get this shit done and you can be a, you know, an adult really is important. And it's, and it changes your perspective. It changes your perspective in regards to what's most important and being able to kind of discipline yourself. You're going to find far more enjoyment in your life. If you can just be more organized and just get your shit done, take care of it. There that go. was my now, TED talk. Now we're all going to be watching Pickle Cutter's Instagram. See, so gets that shit done. <laughs> yeah, Pickle yeah. Cutter, you're on the hook now, dude. You, you listen. You, I mean, you, everybody you know. just send him a message occasionally saying, "Get at it, get yeah. at it." Yeah, you, get off your fat ass and make a podcast, <laughs> or, or like I said to the Australians or something. <laughs> okay, last dilemma is from Leonardo Lee. Finite. I have a dilemma. We just had our fit. Had our first kid five months ago. And the missus and I both want more. We also want to oh. fix up our house, which is kind of a uh, kind of crap right now. Both of us, both of those are expensive and time consuming. Do we delay having more kids to save some money for the house, or do we crack on with increasing the population and leave the house for probably the next decade? This is a. I think this is directed completely at Craig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me let me break this apart. I think he wants to have kids, um, him and his wife. Um, but there's also stuff that needs to be done to the house, and he's right. debating which which he should do first. Believe me, if you have, if you do the house first, and then you have the kids. Your house will be fucked anyway. So have the kids. Wait until they're of a reasonable age and put them um, to work. No, well, well, <laughs> maybe not put them to work, but once they're up to reasonable age, they won't they won't be happy destroying the house. You know that they'll have respect for things. Whereas, you know, I, you know, we've got you know twenty three year olds running around, and you know, the house is just fucking a mess all the time. So don't worry about it. As long as the kids are happy um, and healthy, don't worry about how the house is. Um, when the kids are, you know, when the kids are sort of seven, eight plus. And they can start, you know, helping to tidy up and that kind of thing. Then think about how can we improve the house. But just, yeah, just, um, just enjoy the mess. Um, and yeah, get, get fucking. 
That sounds, that sounds like a country song waiting to happen. That sounds like the, the record album. Radio Enjoy record the best album and get in. fucking. Yeah. The yeah. next album from Get Fucking Records. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? Is, is she to be fixing up the house or should she be concentrating on adding to the population? I think that um, if you if you guys are dead set on doing the kid thing, maybe just get the kids going. That's my opinion. Yeah. Rather than waiting. I yeah. don't know, man. Oh, unless like, you do wait, and then the older kid can then help take care of the younger kid while you work on the house. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't work. I don't <laughs> think that works. Yeah. I don't think that works. I don't know. You know, one thing that uh, that has changed, not I I don't know whether since having kids or since coming to France, where um back in the UK the house was, was like everything and you know, you need to make sure the house was always tidy and it was everything we wanted it to be. Um over here we're just far more relaxed and I think maybe it's it's a combination of the two, one being in France and one now having kids. Whereas uh, like I said, as long as the kids are happy and safe we don't really care too much. We, you know, we got people working on the house and doing bits, but it's it's not a priority anymore. Um, and who gives a fuck what people think about our house apart from us? We're the ones who live here, and we're you know, that's my that's my attitude now. Um, but that that that's changed massively over the last maybe five years. Whereas before, I was so worried about not so much worried, but uh, you know, I cared too much maybe what people thought. Well, you're probably not and, getting um, as many uh, pop in visitors as you might. Back in Wales, right? yeah, we rarely to get pop in visitors now. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, and I've think about that a lot lately as well about you know people's thoughts of me and and all the rest of it and how that's changed since having kids. Um, whereas that basically the only priority now is that the kids are happy and healthy. Yeah, we're getting deep. Well, that's it what on tough got? dilemmas. I do have hot takes if you want. Let's but. do a couple of hot takes. Um, first of all, why doesn't um, Morocco tell everybody about the, the amazing broadback grinder? Well, I use the broadback grinder, and I use it all the freaking time. Actually, I'm doing all this grinding on these knives, and is my number one go-to grinder. Uh, I love that thing. And it's got that extra long platen that I use for my blade grinding, but when it's time to start sculpting, I jump to that Morocco platen. Uh, so I can get, uh, it's got that deep throat, so I can get all the heavy contouring I want to get done. Uh, but the thing is really like a Swiss Army knife of a grinder. And they also have a new sharpening system. They sell leather sewing uh, uh, machines. And they just, they, they've done a really good job designing a, a well-built machine that also doesn't create any kind of weird lock-in. So you, you can use their tool arms across other chassis and platforms grinder platforms so um yeah go check out broadback ironworks uh it's that wait what is it it there's there's no more uh knife cut talk discount count right they're discounted already but knife yeah, talk right. the promo code knife talk upgrades you to the moreco platinum right 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 yeah so when you go to broadbackironworks.com um make sure you put in knife talk and that will automatically upgrade you to the Morocco deep platen, uh, which is, again, it's a great uh, platen for especially heavy contouring and having a lot of flexibility. Um, it's been a lot of positive feedback. So I appreciate everybody's um, appreciation of that platen. Mm. And you know, what? if you're going to use a premium grinder and why wouldn't you, you might as well use a, 
a premium steel. Um, so if you're into Damascus and you're looking for a stainless steel Damascus, um, you could do no better than using Dharma Steel. Um, DharmaSteel.se. Um, they've got all their patterns online, some really, really incredible patterns. Um, great, great people as well. Um, they also sell pants. And we're still waiting for our pants to come, everybody. They haven't sent us any pants. I'll be on the phone to pay soon, I think. Um, <laughs> but yeah, go take a look. DharmaSteel.se. Look at their um, Instagram, which is DharmaSteelLab. Because you'll see the kind of stuff people are making with Dharma Steel and how beautiful it really is. So if you if you've got that special project or you know you're looking to make some sort of real high end stuff, uh, go take a look. If you register on the website, um, you'll then get their pricing. And if you use Knife Talk, you'll get ten percent off too. And shout so, yeah. out to Zach Camacho, Camacho Knives, one of our one of our friends who is was Dharma Steel Knife of the Month. So like oh, they're lovely. doing they're doing the Dharma Steel Knife of the Month, and you get involved with Dharma Steel. And congratulations to our friend Zach. Yeah, nice, nice. Didn't he also get okay. best of show, like, in the last couple of years? He's a monster. Whatever he did, he's a monster, and he does, like, flame juggling and all sorts of stuff. He's an awesome oh, follow. Wow. Camacho Knives. He's a, he's a badass. He's a great guy. We've had him on for when we did uh, the Damage Steel Invitational, which I hope we're going to do again. Yes, yes, we are, apparently. Um, do they have a date? Yes. Um, they do. They have. Uh, we'll talk about this in the after show, maybe. They they have a new member of staff um, who's taken over um, the previous lady we were working with. So Uh-oh. yeah, it's all happening. Yeah, somebody got the old heave ho, huh? <laughs> I, I'm not sure of the. Uh, maybe we'll talk about this later. Yeah. <laughs> it was over that Tyler Florence debacle, most likely. Quite possibly. Yeah. I'm oh, just gosh. kidding. Obviously, <laughs> but it makes me laugh anyway. I don't give a shit. Fucking Tyler Florence. Was a no show, P.S., ladies and gentlemen. No show. We'll talk about that in the after show. Okay. Okay. Um, what have we got? We got a couple of hot takes before we, before we leave. A couple of hot takes. Uh, hot takes are in journalism, a hot take is a piece of deliberately provocative commentary that's basically, that's based almost entirely on shallow moralizing. Okay. So if you can send your hot takes here to Knife Talk on Instagram, this one comes from Handmade Goods. Long time listener, first time caller. Hot take. It's cheaper in Australia to buy a brand new anvil than to buy a second hand in the second hand market. Uh, just because it's quote antique or missing a horn doesn't make it more expensive. People are getting people are getting gouged outside of France on mm. anvils. In France, they don't know nothing. Mm. So uh, let's break this down, though. So what's the difference between an old one? Would would all old ones be cast, and maybe um, newer ones? would be forged or is no. it the opposite way or no not not necessarily at all i know that holland anvil they're casting they're making new anvils in michigan i believe and they're they're cast mm. i don't think casting has anything to do with it it's just the fact that you know old i mean there are certain anvils that were cast like fishers with a with a hardened plate on the forge weld on the top and then there were uh, anvils like uh hey buttons old hay buttons that were forged, and I have one that you can actually see the cool thing is on the waist. They have these holes, and I was talking to Jesse and asking about where those holes from. He's like, that's where the tongs are held so they can forge out the anvils. So some mm. of them are forged out of wrought iron, and then they're put with uh, a hardened steel top, and some of them are cast like fissures, and it all depends. I think now nowadays they're probably like Nimbas and uh, Holland anvils are cast. I believe. Right. Yeah. Is there yeah. like a creme de la creme of, of anvils? Say you had you all the ones? money in the world. Yeah. You Great had all the money question. in the world. Where would you go? What would you get? Mareka, what would you get? 
I mean, the Nimba anvil, anvils are really nice. I just forged when I was up at Gabe's shop in Anchorage on a couple uh, Holland anvils, and those were really nice too. Um, so I think that German, pa- I really like that German pattern uh, anvil, um, but I I want one. I would love one that had like a little step down to the horn, kind of like my Peter Wright has. Um, that would so you, that would be so- my optimal. So the the Holland anvils don't have the step down. They don't. Yeah, no. The horn coat hmm. matches basically right up to the top plate uh, or the top surf forging surface of the anvil. Um, so is that like a, a flat horn, almost like a, a half horn? No, flat no, no. no. Right it's not flat at all. It's completely round. Um, okay. Yeah, I just I like that table off to the side for uh, other kind of blacksmithing processes. Um, but I do like the shape of that, uh, German pattern, especially at the, at the tail where it tapers so that whether you're forging a short knife, like maybe a three inch hunter or something that versus an eight inch chef's knife, you can use the whole face of that anvil, um, by being back at that narrower portion at the tail. So like a double a double horned anvil where one horn is rounded conical and the other one is flat tapered that is that matches the face of the anvil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the side shelf too. The side shelf is uh, very controversial. You know, Euro anvils have side shelves. They're controversial because some people just don't like them and it's based on how they're standing. But they're dynamo. I love. I'd say it's interesting that you like the side that drop down. The drop down is great, but I mean, it really wasn't meant for blacksmithing. That's why, like traditional blacksmiths, didn't need that drop down from the face to the horn. Oh, really? But it is. Yeah, no. It's for it's for most of that's most of the London pattern. All these regular animals were for really focused on of uh, farriers and, really? and people making horseshoes. I, I mean, that's that. the only reason why they needed these long horns. And these, like, you know, the horn was even a lot of them, a lot of, you look at like an NC, a perfect example of a farrier's anvil is the NC anvils. You know, those ones that have a giant horn and it's super conical and it's almost like a, like a rhinoceros horn and and it's all horn and hardly any face. And then there are these like little knobs that stick out the side and those are for like bending, tweaking your horseshoes. Sure. All those, all those fair, all those Amer- the anvils that you see in the United States are based off of people use for doing mostly that kind of horseshoe stuff. But those Nimbas, I saw a Nimba when I was at, uh, I was over at um, the Morels, and I'd never seen one before, and they look awesome. Those those Nimbas look awesome. They're big and they're very they're very stout and stuff like that. But I, I, from what I understand, they're loud as fuck. And that's the one thing about those. If I could have anything, I'll tell you what I love. I love my, the anvils I have now. I've always wanted a Nimba as a new one just because of the shape and the size and everything like that. Um, I do love, I worked on um, those giant, like a 1500 pound. I think our listener, our listener, Mike Cataldo has the uh, 1500 pound anvil that Uri Hoffi used to have. And he has it oh, now. And I months. worked on it for I worked on it for, I worked on that anvil for five years and it was like the anvil I loved more than anything. It was just a monster and it was, that was an awesome anvil to work on. And I love that. And then, uh, I don't know. I like all anvils. I take it. I take whatever you got. I'm not a huge, I'm not the biggest fan of London, London pattern anvils, but that's, this seems to be the only thing I can, you can get around here. So 
So old versus new then, what's, what's, is it just an aesthetic thing? Is it like with guitars where, you know, older guitars are cool, but um, they're not necessarily better than a new one? It depends on the, I mean, some of them are in such terrible condition. It's like, it's hard, you, you, people don't see the, you, you have to be able to see what you can do with an anvil, especially if it's in terrible condition. You know, like mm. the anvils you've been seeing on Facebook that you've been getting, I look at them and the corners are a little fucked up. But I mean, for like 50 euros, who gives a shit? You know, it's yeah, like yeah. not a big deal. Um, I know a lot of people are resurfacing the faces of their anvil, their old anvils. I have a problem with that. I don't think it's a good idea uh, to take away like even a quarter inch of material or an eighth of inch of material. I think it's a mistake. Oh, wow. um, pardon me? I said, oh, wow. That's. I mean, it sounds like a lot to be taken away. It's people are taking a pot. I mean, people are taking the sweat, you know, the sweat, they're taking the sway out of their anvils and you just got to learn how to like forge better, I think. But I mean, at the same time, it's like, I, I see it a lot and just like, I shit, I, you can do whatever you get an anvil, you do whatever the fuck you want with it. But like, I just, I, they're not meant to be having material taken away from them. So, um, but, um, anvils are awesome, but it, I would love a new, I would love a brand new anvil. I would love a brand new anvil. I think I'd want one of them Nimbus. You guys still there? Yeah, there we go. Okay. <laughs> anvil, anvil talk. <laughs> anvil talk. Mm. Uh, Should we call it a day? Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Um, we'll be back again next Monday, as we always are. Um, stay cool. Stay out of the, the heat. Um, make sure the shop isn't going to burn down. Um, stay safe. Bye for now. I never, I never get rid. Of, I never get sick of that. The greatest transition of any show of all time is that, and that's it. Yeah, it's like no a split editing. second, and now we can release our belts a bit. We can just sit back and yeah. It is. It is completely one hundred percent this weird little psychological nothing. I mean, it's literally like all of a sudden we're out of we're out of the show. It's the best. Yeah. Are you still watching so, the boys? I finished it. The whole thing, all of them, all three seasons. Oh yeah, I watched the. I started it in the beginning. Spake was telling me to watch it a while ago. I started it a while ago, you. and then I watched the last season. It's it's, it's okay. a crazy show. It's I a just crazy show. Yeah, we're on the second to last episode of the newest season right now. It's crazy. It's a so, show's fucking bananas. It'll be interesting. And the bear got picked up for a second season, and that's a big deal that. because apparently it's a very very fast turnaround for a renewal of a show. Sure. Hmm. Fucking good show, man. Hmm. I'm trying to think what I've been watching. Um, a lot of Disney stuff with the kids, unfortunately. Oh, I, Loot. Loot, which is on Apple TV. It's a, like a comedy. We don't really watch much comedy, but it's a, a comedy show where it's the mayor, something her name is. She was in Bridesmaids. Um, and it's a comedy state. The situation is she's just got divorced from a billionaire. She's got this $87 billion and she set up this charity um, to help other people. And it, the comedy is based around that. Um, David Chang is in is in the first episode, actually, as David Chang. Um, and he cooks for her. And she's like, thank you, David Chang. This is delicious, David Chang. And it's, <laughs> it, is quite, it is quite funny. Um, I, what was the yeah, actress's you, name? Um, Maya something, Maya I think. That's, yeah, I think that's the one, yeah. yeah. Um, it's brilliant. It's really funny. She's really hilarious. funny. It's, you know. It's not deep at all, you know. It's just escapism for half an hour. But uh, yeah, that's on Apple TV. If um, I, if you want to hear something, sorry. If you sorry, go on. I was... If you want to hear <laughs> an interesting podcast on creativity, David Chang interviewed um, this chef 
um, Bianco, uh, something Bianco. Oh, cr- I forgot Chris Bianco. Chris Bianco. Pizza guy. And he explained he explained how he came up with the pizzas that he makes, and it was so interesting hearing him explain his process on flavors and developing flavors and creating concepts that anyone interested in creativity and the, the, the evolutions that you make based on what you have and what you want and what you're trying to improve upon. And it was one of the most interesting ideas of the evolution of creativity and executing it. I was a really, it was a really great podcast. It was on the, it was the David Chang show with uh, Chris Bianco. Really good. I I have a dream of making pizza with Chris Bianco. I I actually almost ran him over one time. <laughs> okay. How'd you do that? <laughs> when I was in LA uh, working with Will Brigham the first time and I was on Joe Rogan's podcast. And when I, when I was in LA, I was also there working with Adam Perry Lang uh, at this uh, you know, childhood cancer f- fund uh, foundation. That was a number thing. of names you just dropped there, Morocco, in one sentence. Those are big ones. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, um, and, and we were there for that. That's when I turned down dinner with Jason Bateman and Chris and Bell. Uh, Huge but mistake. Anyway, shoehold them into yeah, yeah. it's a massive mistake. <laughs> but as I was driving, uh, I, I just dropped off some stuff in APL's massive Chevy truck and I come around a corner and Chris Bianco is popping out from behind a little trailer. And I, I, I was feet away from hitting him. It was so you swerved to avoid Madonna, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit!" I almost killed Chris Bianco. That would have sucked. Mm. Mm. Well, what's what's so special about his? Pe- I don't know of him. What's it, what's so special I about mean, his pizzas? He's born in the Bronx, um, New mm. York, and you know he just he he's learned got the voice how to make to prove it too. Jesus Christ! He's he's a, he moved to he moved to Arizona and he started this pizza company and he's considered one of the best pizza makers in the world in the yeah. country in the united states yeah and he's just very plain spoken and he's got this real kind of he's just a very boisterous he's just very uh the way he speaks is colorful and interesting and he's just very like lustful in life and yeah. he's it's great i mean he's he's really he's really well he's he's a character he's a total mm. character and uh, cool. it was a really, really interesting conversation. David didn't even ask any questions. Let him run. It was great. Yeah. It was great. Mm. But cool. it's cool. you know he's in a place where there's not they're not known for pizzas, and they're making these you know world class pizzas in Arizona. Yeah, I think it's in Phoenix is where his first spot was. He had a place in LA too, but I think through COVID that ended up shutting down. Yeah. So. I think they're opening some new places, but you know, I, I think David Chang's podcasts are pretty interesting, for, especially for knife makers. You know, was, when I was talking to Mert, what was interesting was he was explaining the connections between cooking and knife making. And you know, we talk about like, you know, knife making, cooking is the same. You take ingredients and, you know, you put them together with technique and you give it to somebody. And, but he was saying that for him was coming up with his knives was like coming up with dishes in terms of there are balances and there, uh, this needs to be more, you know, like when you're coming up with a dish, you know, maybe you need more acid here, or maybe this works better with this. Or he was talking about how he builds dishes. And mm-hmm. then he said he used that same kind of technique when he was making his knives. You know, when you talk about Australian knife makers in general, 
they're the culinary guys tend to do more Asians in Asian style knives, like the, yeah. the, the with yeah. the influence between their proximity to Jap Japan and the kind of the food people are cooking. There a lot of Japanese, a lot of Australians are making Japanese style knives. Well, for sure. Mert's making knives that are closer to Sabatier's, which is totally different over in that area. I mean, they're not, but his experience as a chef made him kind of go in that direction. It was really an interesting way. They're both kind of similar in terms of their natural and their, their sincere form of creativity and how he gets to that spot without kind of, you know, and bucking trends, you know, what everybody else is doing Japanese knives. I'm not going to do that. Sure. Mm. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's really cool. So what you got planned for the week? Um, Jeff, you're packing, packing your bags. Yeah. When, when do you leave? When do you leave? I'm leaving Thursday afternoon. And then, uh, right, okay. so I'm going to be working all the way up until I leave. And then um, I got to run around today, get some things squared away and uh, mm. take care of a lot of, I got to take care of so many loose ends. We're going, I'm not even going that fucking that long. That's the annoying part. <laughs> but yeah, I had this yeah. total panic attack last night that my, the passport had expired and i was th- and I've, I've been thinking about you know what is gonna, what would be worse that i send a message to tomer about i can't come because i have covid or i can't come because my passport's expired <laughs> and i'm just trying to figure out how to like f- i'm the, i don't like i'm walking the dogs i'm like i gotta go home and check my passport it was a long dog walk because i'm thinking to myself i fucked it all up but I'm yeah, I, th- I think you need to have at least six months on it as well so make sure it's not just i get a year expired, but yeah, you should be good. You should be good. Nice. Six months. You, if you're six months before it expires, it's no good. Yeah, well, certainly here in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Damn, no one says anything about. Yeah, that expired yeah. is expired. No, no, that they want. Yeah, six months to make sure you can get back. That you're not staying for six months and you can't get back. Basically, oh, I think I that's see. that's the problem. I see. Yeah, I never even thought about that. Right. Hmm. Damn. Hmm. So, what we're we gonna do next week? Are you gonna come on the show with Toma, or uh, are you gonna sit talk? out next? Yeah, are you gonna sit out next week? What? What are we I gonna do? I think I'm gonna sit out. I'm not bringing a computer. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Tagging out. I mean, I mean, we got you. We're gonna be t- we're gonna be tired. It's gonna be Friday. Yeah. Friday no, that that's be, understandable. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. be. I'm gonna be wiped out. Yeah. No, it's good. Yeah, we'll hear the following week then how it all went. Yeah. yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm. I was looking earlier at, at um, Toma's these these butter knives, and he's doing this like bit of a competition thing for restaurants and stuff. Um, have you seen them where they are like crisscrossed handles? Yeah, I saw them this morning. They look amazing. They look pretty cool. Yeah, I've, I've never seen anything like that before. Um, they look they look awesome. Yeah, very, I can't wait yeah. to see the new shop, and I can't wait to see him and the family. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I wish I could stay longer, but you know, yeah. ends the breaks. Yeah. How long, if you could days. have your druthers, how long would you like to stay? A month? I mean, stay in Barcelona or travel around Europe? Well, Barcelona and around Europe. Uh, I, I could, if, I mean, last time we were there, I stayed like about a week. And then my family came and, you know, they kind of stopped by and visited with us. Right. But mm-hmm. if you're if I'm working, it's like, it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, I'm working, I'm working. I'm like, it's hard to just kind of like shut off and be sure. in traveler mode. You know, it's I'm yeah. not going to be relaxed, but so I don't know the next, the next vac. I mean, we're not doing any vacations this summer. We're not doing any family vacations, which everyone's kind of bummed out about just because we're all working and stuff like that. I, I, my next vacation that I'm looking forward to is in like a year and a half when we send our kid off to college and my wife and I are going to celebrate our 50th birthday on, on a beach. 
So we're going to, that's the plan. Wow. Kid in college and we're going to sit on a beach. Wait, you're nice. going to head back down to the, the Caribbean? I know you love. We haven't there. really thought about it. The career, we want to kind of go less. We want to go less. Have a lot of work to do to get there. So we're going to figure something out. But we're 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 already talking. If we're already talking about it now, then it'll be good. So yeah, good for you. Good for you, Mareka. What's what's on uh, the agenda for the week? Oh, let's see. Uh, yeah, just working on these knives uh, regarding knife work. Doing some finished grinding. Hopefully, get some handles assembled and sculpted up. Um, I have my knife sharpening market tomorrow. Um, and what is it? Somebody's got a birthday. Kids got a kids got a friend's birthday. We got to shuttle his ass back and forth from. No, it should be good. Uh, it's been fun watching him. Uh, kind of like he he's five years old now, and so he's doing a lot of these like friend birthdays and stuff. And mm. um, this part of has he finished school for the summer now? Is it yeah, done? yeah. Actually, his last day yeah. of school is the day before we left for our road trip, so it was like June third oh. or something like that. Oh wow, that was early. Yeah, yeah. well, they kind of start early. They start in like early August, mid August. Um, and yeah, I think that that's all I can think of right now. Yeah. I'm sorry for interrupting, but I just got a DM from somebody who is asking for a request. Should I read you the request? Let's do it. Okay. Oh, you have to tap us back into Knife Talk. Oh, oh, obviously. Okay. (laughs) This this one comes Buckle up. We're back on. This is an anonymous (laughs) anonymous request. Quick question. Have you ever encased the remains, cremated remains in the interior of the handle of one of your knives? Like a small <laughs> capsule with cremains. Not to be creepy, but it's more of a tribute for my father. Yeah, we've had this question a few times, haven't we? This um, is a, cu- I, a potential customer. Wants me to yeah. stick his old man in the handle. Ugh, I've never done it. Um, it's gonna. It's not going to look good. Um, no, he wants it. You know. He wants it in. He wants me to like bury a capsule in there. Uh, no. Should I say no? Really? Oh, 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 sorry. So this is a request that's come through for you. To yeah, do. for me. Oh, got you. Oh, take the money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's your move, right? <laughs> but I'm gonna have to dremel out a. Ca- I'm gonna have to dremel out a little. Spot you don't for have him. to really put it in there. It just needs to look as if oh, it remains. No, Did, oh, you know. Are you telling me that I need to? It's just like, are, was it you who went to IKEA and made them not scan the packages in the bottom? <laughs> that's you, right? <laughs> Shit, my cover's blown. Yeah, a friend of mine. Uh, yeah. So this guy wants me to. Drop grandpa onto the, you know, slap a little hole in there and bury him in there. What size is the uh, capsule? He didn't give me measurements. I, he was just trying to see if I'd do it. So, I mean, it, yeah, I feel it, 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 if it's small enough, obviously, I feel like you're more than capable of doing that. Just whether yeah, or not. It's like fucking weird, right? With, so well, it's not going to be visible. You, you put dog shit in there and then glue it up. What do you wow, care? I mean, that's, that's gross. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a gross substitution for dad who just <laughs> passed away. Don't you think? I mean, it's a very un, un, you know, not very sensitive. But I don't know. It's just so everything's people are so fucking sentimental. So bizarre. Mm, it's like just yeah. a fucking knife. Well, I mean, you know? but. But this is the knife. I mean, maybe cooking was very important to the father, and this is, you know, this is a knife that they're going to pass down through their generations and use to create fun times and delicious meals. I mean, look at the meals that you c- cook with your family. 
Don't you wish you had a capsule of your dad in your handle of your knife? No, no. Then <laughs> it's going to be like the Stephen King shit, and all of a sudden the knife starts talking to you, and like, <laughs> like Pet Cemetery, <laughs> you're cutting it wrong. You're cutting it wrong. You don't know what you're doing. You know what you're talking about. <clears throat> this has given me an idea, though. Go ahead. So let's let's say this is a a handle with a hollow in it, and the end there would would screw off like a cap, where you could put this capsule in of whatever it may be. Why not have salt in there? Or or some like chili flakes or something, you know, something something handy, and you could just screw the cap back on. So if you're away for a barbecue or you're cooking off site somewhere, you've got you know you're, the chicken, cooking survival knife. So instead of that's like- it, yes, yes. <laughs> right See? then, I shall patent that. There we go, the salty chef, the salty chef. Yes, yeah. yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Let's go. We're going a bit mad. I think. Let me tap back out. Okay, relax again now. Much more relaxed. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're like, yeah. So now you can say, "Great, that's a fucking stupid idea." (laughs) (laughs) Oh, baby. Uh, Nice talk, ladies and gentlemen. Don't get much better than that. Thank you all for listening. We shall speak to you all again next week. Bye. This show is brought to you by the Makery, the podcast network for makers.